everyone. It is Dave and Jeff. It is September 15th, 2020. We were supposed to do a show yesterday, but it was Jeff's birthday yesterday. September 14th, 2020. Yep. <laughs> that it was. Every damn year it comes around. Every goddamn year. <laughs> yeah. It was great. So many people. Uh, what I did was, Dave, if we've learned one thing over the last couple of years, it's really the importance of spending time with family. Getting every opportunity to spend time with family, and so uh, that's really what I wanted to do. The the I mean, I think when you're a guy and you get to a certain age, material things don't really matter, and so you're not worried about doing a party. Yeah. I, I swear, man. Like there's there is nobody more annoying, and I'm sorry. I don't. I just don't see guys doing this. But when you look on social media and yeah. people are celebrating birthday month. Yeah. When did that start? Yeah, you're not King Tut. <laughs> Calm down. Did it end well for King Tut. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's my birthday week and it's my birthday month. And I mean, I love Lisa Ann, but it's like, go to my Amazon wish list. Fuck that. I'm not doing any of that shit. I got shit to do with my life. So, uh,. So I, my kids had said to me, what do you want to do? Yeah. And I go, well, you fucked up Father's Day, so I'm, <laughs> I'm running this show. <laughs> so we got out of town. We, we went out of town and Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And we went up to L.A. because they love Hollywood and just hanging out. Goddamn, Dave, we went to Pasadena, and the air quality was so awful. I was yeah. like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever could done. Could you see it or could you just feel it? You could just feel it, and it just is bad. It feels like anybody who lives by the beach, it just felt yeah. like you're under a marine layer, and then you look at the thermometer in the car, it's 91 degrees. You go, oh, this is not good. But we went out to the Rose Bowl, and we like hanging out there, and then uh, had a great dinner with my dad on, on Saturday night. And then Sunday, we just kind of hung out, watched some football, went to Philippe's for dinner, cool. which is fantastic. And the one thing we've done over the last couple of years is watched them build SoFi Stadium. And I have probably a dozen pictures over the last four years of my two sons, I was saying, in the same spot. And I had talked about we were going to go and write our initials on the bench. We get out there Sunday night, Dave. It was crazy because I saw Jim Trotter. Really? Kurt, Kurt, well, no. Okay. Jim Trotter and Kurt Sandoval on social media sending beautiful pictures from inside SoFi Stadium, I saw Marty Caswell send a lot of pictures of herself inside SoFi Stadium. And then, uh, but I was outside. My sons were outside, and there were about, in the area where we were, probably 65 Rams fans. Okay. NFL has the game where you could just watch it on your phone, and it was a goddamn party. It was like old-fashioned tailgate, families and kids, and everybody's socially distanced and masked the whole thing. And you know, half a block away, we just hung out for like 15 minutes. What did it look like from the outside? Really amazing. Yeah. But really frustrating to everybody that was out there. Not saying that we would have been able to get in. Yeah. But it's like so close so far. Yeah. But just to see it, and I, I had a blast. I'm not a Rams fan. But all the Rams, and like I said, there were every age, guys making fun of Raider fans. A couple of Raider fans showed up. Oh, look at, they're looking to steal something. 
Jesus. And Raider fans were laughing. It was cool. Cool. Everybody just busting balls, having a great time. No, it was it was all good. And then on uh, on Monday yesterday, one of my favorite places when I was about seventeen. My dad loves the club scene in L.A. He's always loved it. And so when I was about seventeen million years ago, he got me into the Rainbow. Yeah. And if anybody knows up in West Hollywood on Sunset Boulevard, it goes the Whiskey A Go Go. You go up the hill, it's the Roxy. Right next door to the Roxy is the Rainbow, legendary club. And we have gone there, gosh, I don't know, 20 times over the years. My dad knew the owners really well. Um, but with COVID, the Rainbow is closed as a club, but they're serving food outside. And my kid said, what do you want to do for lunch? I said, I got an idea. So we drove over, and I said, hey, my sons are here. Can we come in? And it's David's the best pizza in L.A. And they said, yeah, come on in. So 12 noon yesterday, my sons and I are outside the Rainbow, and it's old school rock and roll waitresses, right? And I was explaining kind of my backstory with the club, and I said, look, my kids are only 12, but I go, there's nobody here. Can they check it out? She goes, come on in. Cool. So I was able to take my kids in through the rainbow. If anybody has Amazon Prime, there's, and if you're, if you're of a certain age where you remember all the 80s hair bands that played the whiskey, Rat, Poison, all Van Halen, all those groups that got their start, Guns N' Roses, right? Amazing. Yeah, there's an amazing documentary on, on Amazon Prime about the rainbow and the family and the whole thing. But for me personally, to be able to take my kids in there and just hang out, it was it was awesome. And so we just we just had a great time. And then you come home and on Facebook and Twitter, just so many people reached out. And, yeah. and all that stuff, as much as we bullshit and goof around, it means so much to me. So I was up till goddamn 12.30 just writing thank you notes oh, all cool. day. Really, really fun. So I appreciate it. It was great. Much better than Father's Day, <laughs> which I love to continue to complain about, uh, even though my ex-wife and my kids are like, I know, we got it. We fucked up. I just remind them constantly. Uh, but it, it wasn't about that. It's just you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. You get a chance to hang with family for three days, goof around, watch Step Brothers, watched Almost Famous. When's the last time you watched that? You know what? I've only seen part of it. I've never seen it all. The Filmed way all down here in San Diego. Which I don't know. Is I didn't have a lot of interest in it when it was started pretty going. Fun. I, well, I don't know. It just didn't catch me, so I didn't turn it off. Yeah, it's it's old school, but we watched that. It was pretty fun. And Did just, they like that? Yeah, they dug it. It was good. So uh, no, it was nice. And then uh, come home. Hold and, on. Did you deface the bench like you said? No, because the thing was, Dave, in that area, there were like 60, 65 people all hanging oh. out, throwing football in the forum parking lot. It felt like old school tailgate at uh, Qualcomm Stadium, which we'll get to in a second. But um, so, no, I didn't get a chance to do that. The other thing that I wanted to do, and I almost did twice on the trip, was get the tattoo. But the tattoo is up for debate because I have a stepson and he's now 30. He had no relationship with his father at all. And his mom was going through a lot of tough times when he was born. She was very young when he was born. 
they had a very troubled start. He had a very, very troubled childhood that really had carried over into his teen years when I came into his life. But he and I have an amazing relationship. And while he has tattoos to his mom, um, and there's no mention of me, which is fine, I just want to make sure that he's cool if I just get C and J or J and C because he has told everybody that I'm his dad, yeah. which being a parent's incredible. But I would say for anybody out there who's a step-parent, uh, if it gets to the point where they start saying, hey, man, are you cool with the fact I just tell everybody you're my dad? It's of course, uh, it's amazing. And uh, he was the first one to message me uh, at like 10 o'clock on Saturday night because he's like, hey, it's midnight here in Chicago. It's your birthday. I love you, the whole thing. So I just, just want to make sure he's cool with what I plan on doing because trying to put three letters in gets a little you know, a little confusing. And the other thing is, Dave, talking to people, they're like, oh, yeah, it's like an hour and a half or a couple hours. And really, when you're out for basically 48 hours, I just didn't want to give up that time on that weekend. So if he signs off on it, I've got a great guy in El Cajon at Dutch Tattoo, longtime family friend, and I'll go get it done over there. Okay, But I just... uh, I just want to make sure he's cool, and I'm sure he'll sign off on it. But I, I I just didn't want to do anything without talking to him first. So that's why the tattoo didn't happen, but I think it will. I think those are the two things you talked about on the last show that people wanted to know if you followed yeah. through. Did you get the thing on the bench, and did you get the tattoo? Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll do both. Um, but, yeah, there were people just full-on camped out on the bench <laughs> and barbecuing, and it was really wild. But, uh, but a great opening weekend of football and just – a lot of fun. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Well, good, man. I'm glad you had a great time. I'm glad you were in, in L.A. doing with your kids, doing the things you like to do. So I'm glad it worked out. That's awesome. Oh, good. Um, so big story. We'll get to the Padres. Big story today that the Aztecs, and our friend Chris Cox sent me a note. He said, I swear to God, I thought this was a headline from The Onion when I read it. Yeah. That San Diego State's moving football to Carson for the 2021 season. And uh, as they accelerate the construction at Qualcomm Stadium, and you look at it and you go, look, there's, they're scheduled to be playing football in there two years from tonight. Like, yeah. that's the thing. In two years, now I get it, SoFi is a $5 billion facility, but that took four years to build because of weather and everything else. So you got two years. They're like, look, we got to get this old piece of shit out of the front yard. We got to tow it and get it out of here. And I looked at that and I go, God damn, like this is, we say it all the time. It's really happening. But the idea that there's not a season of San Diego State football there in 2021, I couldn't believe how much drama and hurt feelings there were. Oh, save it. For oh, it's Christ. the best. It's but, so great. But you know, the story It's that, anywhere but there. That's what's hilarious. Because, in Carson? Yeah, that's the that's the funniest guy. Any Carson or anywhere in LA. That's the to me the, the yeah. greatest thing of all time. For the to me, the loyal to the soil people are the dumbest guys on the planet. Correct. I think they're absolutely ridiculous. Anyone that backed their their belief in the loyal to the soil are no longer part of that whole group. The only guy still in town that's doing anything, you see Trevor Hoffman once in a while that was there. Nick Hardwick fucking moved away. Steve yeah. Fisher retired on your ass. He got out. Yeah. Tony Hawk. Tony 
fuck Tony Hawk. And and you sit there and you go, you're going to go play in the exact same place you ripped the Chargers for. And I understand they're coming back. They aren't yeah. going to stay there like the Chargers. But I thought it was fucking hilarious. Just like Chris Cox said, I thought I was reading something out of the onion. And then I laughed out loud for about an hour straight. Yeah. And then I pissed a lot of people off on Twitter. And I, I thought it was hilarious. I just go, fuck you guys. You guys are... So dumb and pick the dumbest fucking fights. I mean, even the goddamn San Diego Loyal are trying to get a new place to play. How loyal are they to the soil? They, uh, enough of those guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that asshole. Who is that guy? Crying about transparency. God, what? That soccer group. The soccer city guys were the biggest group. But I mean, especially the front guy, Nick Stone. What an unlikable fucking sack of shit he was from day one what an unlike and i've never met the guy maybe he's great he came across like such a fuck and he hooked arms with faulkner another dipshit (laughs) so those two (laughs) skipping up and down thinking that they had pulled one over on this city when the chargers left and they were going to take that whole area and they were so smug and so cocky yep and said hey we're going to let it go to the vote they outspent San Diego State like 10 to 1. I don't remember the numbers, but it was a huge number. And they got kicked right in their fucking soccer balls. Fuck <laughs> them. Good. So Darren cried the blues. Oh, God, we're going to lose soccer. Fuck off. Nobody cares. And then, uh, and then this asshole with the loyal. Who is this guy? Oh, hey, I listen. I'm all for raising the height limitations but i would like transparency we'd like you to shut the fuck up (laughs) you little shit shut up i want that asshole on this show i'm gonna book him and just go who the fuck are you what do i owe you you dick are you even still playing name me three guys how many full-time employees do they have oh my gosh that's hilarious that's so damn funny half of their guys drive trucks for aei all right, and I'm supposed to stay up at night tossing and turning, hoping these fucks got a place to play. Shut up. <laughs> but here's the story. Now, listen, here's what's going to happen. Because, again, I paid attention all day. 1985, my buddy Boom and I are at the wrestling matches at Pachanga Arena. There's a guy who looks a lot like High Pitch Eric sitting ringside making cardboard signs that say things like Big John Dud. <laughs> so my buddy Boom goes, uh, I got five bucks that says you won't go down and ask this guy how he does it. So I go down to this fat fuck. And I'm like, hey, these signs are really good. How do you do it? I watch. I pay attention. And I was like, I'm going to knock the fuck out of you. My buddy Boom told me, he goes, that's the greatest 10 bucks I've ever spent in my life. <laughs> that guy had no time for your shit. <laughs> but now when anything happens in this town, my, I always say the same thing. I watch, I pay attention. Dave, for six weeks and on this show too, we're guilty of it until tonight. What has this story been on Qualcomm? It's been... How everything's on the fast forward button, right? They've broken ground. Everything's getting built. And today the story is that they're going to have to play spring and fall games in Carson before they come here and cut the ribbon and fall of 2022. That's been it, right? Yeah. Who are the tenants currently at Qualcomm or San Diego County? I don't care. None of them sponsor our show. Call Jack Murphy. Who are the tenants there? Right now? Mm -hmm. Just the Aztec football team. And who else? I have no idea. Isn't that it? Nope. 
Is there somebody else? Yep. I have no idea. The Holiday Bowl. Oh, the Holiday Bowl. Okay. Well, hang on. Okay. You say it like that, like, oh, the Holiday Bowl. The Holiday Bowl is the only thing college football. I'll take the numbers that the Holiday Bowl provides for San Diego tourism over any fucking Aztec game on CBS Sportsnet or the Mountain or wherever the fuck those games are on TV at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night on the East Coast. Do you know what nobody has talked about until you're going to hear it tonight? Bryce Miller's going to tell me tomorrow, hey, Jay Posner had me writing it. Sure he did. <laughs> Steve Woods will take this just like he takes the half picture of Hannah, acts like that's his original idea. Sure, he'll take it too. This is why you subscribe on Patreon because nobody has said this until you heard it tonight. On my social media, our friend Chris Torek from up in Alpine at the mountain said, hey, uh, just curious, at the new San Diego State Stadium, is that where the Holiday Bowl is going to be? And I said, well, uh, I know the guy to ask. It would be my friend Mark Neville, who's the executive director of the Holiday Bowl. Nev, you guys walking across the parking lot? Nope. Really? It's too small. So all, listen, myself included, myself included, there's been one asshole in this town that has said consistently, consistently, from day one, that that fucking stadium is too small and it's Dave Palais. Yeah, it's true. And while he could tweet out all his stupid shit, (laughs) and all you dumb fucks, not all of you, but 240 of you take the bait, what the fuck are we doing? Dude, that's incredible. So That just made my night. So now listen. You go, well, hey, it's fine. You can move it to Petco Park. Great. But Petco Park is the home to the Padres, and it's downtown, and you don't need any more attention, especially college football on Petco Park, because maybe you're going to play one game a year there. That would have been a perfect promotional tool. What would that money have meant? And I get it, it's one game. But all of that money would have gone into the pocket of San Diego State to help them pay down the debt, recruit classes. Now, J.D. Wicker is going to tell you it's not worth it for one game a night to have a 50,000-seat stadium. Well, what about playoff games? Or what about anything else you want to do in there? They fucked it up. Dude. The Holiday Bowl is done on the grounds at Friars Road. Wow. And where have, have you seen anybody say that until no, tonight? No, right now. That's but fantastic. Again, so when Bryce Miller tells me, hey, Jay wanted me to write it. No, he didn't, because yeah. he would have already fucking written it. Damn right. It's a big fucking story. It's too small for the Holiday Bowl, and nobody has said shit about it. Love it. God, what the fuck? But when they host Idaho State in fucking September, you're going to love it. You're going to be happy. It's going to be foam finger night. (laughs) You can take that foam finger and get a goddamn prostate exam, you assholes. I tell you what, does that mean the Holiday Bowl is going to SoFi? I don't think it's going to SoFi. I've got to call out to Nev, and I'll find out to go. Because I said, are you long-term, short-term, Petco Park? Well, Petco Park seems too small. I mean... Right? I mean, Petco Park isn't 50,000, 60,000. No, I know. So what the hell? Oh, my gosh. That's a big so, damn story. It, I like it. Yeah. So tomorrow, when everybody's scrambling... Yes. And they all go 
to try to figure out where to get it. Just remember, that's why you subscribe. Yes. That's I- why all these fuckers that cry the blues about Patreon, I couldn't give less of a shit. Fuck off, Leisure Fryer. <laughs> get it secondhand, like the old putts you are. The guys who know it will understand it. Yeah. And here is the exact, I'm going to read this to you exactly as it came across uh, earlier. Where the fuck was it? Uh, all right, I'll, I'll find where it was. Uh, Chris Torek uh, writes to me, Jeff, do you think we'll continue to host bowl games in the new stadium? To which I wrote, Chris, Mark Neville will know better than I would. Holiday Bowl moving across the parking lot, Nev. Uh, from Mark Neville, the new stadium won't quite be big enough to host the SDCCU Credit Union Holiday Bowl. To which somebody else wrote, Petco Park will host the Holiday Bowl, right? And Mark Neville has not replied. Wow. So that is where we stand tonight, Dave. And you have not heard it. I, I yeah. mean, I would have thought that would have been a big story on social media. Yeah. Where's Bernie Wilson? I would have thought that would have been... Uh, something else. The story is not that they're going to L.A. and playing uh, six or ten or whatever they get. If they get a yeah. spring schedule, if they get a fall schedule, that's not the, the story. Yeah. The story is that a big part of the history and the thread of this city's sports background, DNA, is no longer going to take place there, and it's up for debate whether or not it's going to be played at Petco Park or even in our city limits. Wow. That is that is something else. I tell you what, man, that is that's crazy. The biggest reason I wanted the biggest bigger stadium were a couple of reasons. One is I wanted a reason to get out of the Mountain West Conference. Uh-huh. I think it's killing the program. Two is I want a chance to see Division Five players say San Diego's a great place to be. I yeah. gotta check it out. In the time that San Diego State has been recruiting, they've only recruited one Division Five player or five star player, I should mm-hmm. say. Five-star player, only one time. That was Reuben Foster, who ended up at Alabama, yeah. ended up with the 49ers, now with the Redskins. But one guy has only come here for a visit. Nobody assigned that's a five-star player, but only one visit. And I'm thinking when you play in a small stadium in a shitty conference, why would anybody come here or over if you're going to stay in Southern California over SC or UCLA they, or Oregon, whatever it is? They can make any sales pitch they want, and I'll listen to it, and I get it that it's great for San Diego State. J.D. Wicker goes on tonight. Todd Strain. Oh, J.D.'s not pulling any punches. Okay. Explain to me how you chase the Holiday Bowl out. How do you justify that? How do you justify the death of the Holiday Bowl as we know it on the grounds of, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, to me... I mean, are, are you going to be playing a holiday bowl there in December? Or is that game that we saw last year, is that the last one ever? That is interesting. I tell you, this, this whole topic just made my night. Holy cow, man. That is, that is amazing. Well, That's disappointing. I, and don't sit there and blow it off as far as the holiday bowl like it wasn't a big thing. This was something San Diego was proud of. I mean, we will, you watch the highlights all the time because it really has had the best endings. When you look at bowl game after bowl game legendary. for over 40 years, it's always been a great game. And... And look, there's the Battle of the Bands that goes downtown. It's such a fun time. Yep. Different different programs that have come here and participated everywhere. Michigan, Minnesota, when BYU was a big part of it, the Aztecs shockingly only had one time in there, even though uh, it was their bowl. 
But the Holiday Bowl is something that I think we've all taken pride in. And yep. and the Red Jackets have done such an amazing job every year putting that together. So many guys that we know, our, our good friend Eric Graves, Mark Neville, Bruce Binkowski. Yep. I mean, they have really, really done an amazing job uh, in not the best circumstances for that stadium to try to pull it off. And I don't know. I've gone to a bunch of them, Dave. I know you have too. And man, you walk out of there you're like, God, that was fun. Always. Well, it was said tonight that stadium is not big enough to host the Holiday Bowl. Wow. That and is when it was asked, will it go to Petco Park? Mark Neville didn't answer. Yeah. And and he sees it when I see it. And so I've sent him a question tonight, and he stayed quiet on it. I think that sucks. I, I really do. I've been a big proponent of it. I was not a proponent of the soccer stadium going there. I was not a proponent of Soccer City. But how many of us that had the opportunity to vote yes on that would have done so if we had been told at the time, and look, I'll accept blame. Maybe I should have asked the question ahead of time. I get it. But I think we all just felt like the Holiday Bowl would have been part of the equation, and finding out tonight that it's not yeah. is incredibly disappointing. Surprising. Wow. I mean, how big, Dave, would they have had it gone? Would they have had it gone 45,000? Would 45,000 have got it? Is it crazy to think a D1 football stadium should have been 50,000 seats? For, it's for not 70,000. Yeah. No, for me, yes. For me, you're looking at a, a fifty to 55,000-seat stadium. And I understand that's like the same as same as Dodger Stadium. But Dodger Stadium is a baseball park. We but play 81 do, games. But you do sight lines and yes. you make it where everything – I mean, we've all been to stadiums when you go in the uh, – I mean, we've been to games at the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl, and you look around and, and somebody tells you they can get eighty or 100,000. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it. No, it doesn't. Especially when you're at the Rose Bowl, you look around and go, "How the fuck is this a hundred thousand? It seems yeah. so strange." So I'm I'm incredibly yeah, that is amazing. Disappointed that, by that, and it's a, it's a good uh, good 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 basically angle you just found. Well, wow. and I I feel like a lot of us got fleeced. I feel like a lot of us got fleeced, and if they're going to sign a long term deal at Petco Park and they're going to move the game down there, okay. But Petco Park doesn't have sight lines set no. up for football. No, and there's it's a not baseball a lot of, ballpark. Yeah, and it would barely. I mean, the, from what we've been told, the end zones basically run, run right into the wall. Kind you know, of like not a uh, lot of room. Kind of like when they do the pinstripe yeah, bowl. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that is something else. That's very interesting, man. I, I like it. I like the story you brought up. That is that's something else. Never thought about it. So with Qualcomm coming down, when are they going to? Well, we keep calling it Qualcomm. It's not Qualcomm, but we were exactly because no. of fuck. I can't even tell you the last time I was in there. Um, I can. I, I know, was you, at the last event. I what was, was at, the last event? Uh, well, it should have been the Stones, which would have been kind of cool for me. Uh, it should have been the Stones this year in May. But the last thing that I can think of, oh, no, I mean, the Holiday Bowl would have taken place after that. So anybody who went to that. But it was Aztecs BYU. Wow. And I, would I have was been a good inning, too. Yeah, I was there for that with my kids, which yeah. is kind of cool. Dave, I don't have any problem with the stadium being taken down early. I don't know. Oh, neither do I. I. I mean, take it down tonight. Like, you yeah. go through there. I mean, when you go through there and you see that parking lot and just see how everything yeah. is run down, it, it's depressing, man. Like, let's go. Pull the Band-Aid. 
let's get that thing out. And it'll be sad for a lot of us that have a lot of great memories in there. But we should be encouraged by the future. I just wish the Holiday Bowl would have been part of it. When they blow it up, are you going to take your kids down there and watch it? 100%. You are. 100%. And they don't have... They don't have the memories in there that we do, right? I mean, we've we've talked about it 10,000 times, whether it was radio or here, starting as a Padre fan, but then Chargers and concerts and, and so many other things that we've seen there. I mean, it really was a really fun place. But I I've, once the pods left, um, that was it. That was really it. And... And once they moved out, the Chargers weren't going to do anything because they wanted to let it get as bad as it could to try to force the city's hand and the public's hand yeah. to get them a new stadium. We all know how that turned out. But, um, but man, when you were there in the 80s or baseball night or if you were there for any sky show, old school sky show concerts when they were there or uh, seeing the Who, I saw, I mean, that was one of the first events John Cougar cussing at the crowd <laughs> and uh, Stones and U2 and the Eagles through the years, man, bunch of bunch of great shows there. But um, but it's time like it, if, if that thing was an animal. Yeah, it, it would have been euthanized 15 years ago. God damn it. <laughs> Put the old girl down. So oh my gosh. have you ever gone to YouTube and looked at old stadiums getting blown up? Um, I know. I mean, not. I've, I like the thing that, that's always kind of cool to me, and I haven't seen a lot of them, like actually been there. But when you see the old school stadiums, like I grew up going to Mets Stadium in Minneapolis, yeah. and that sat empty for a while, like Tiger Stadium and, yeah. and old Comiskey. I feel like the Cleveland Stadium. And when people go in before it gets torn down and it's all asphalt and weeds and yeah. everything else and – the seats are rusted out. Like those are kind of yeah. cool. Um, just seeing it and then getting wiped out. But no, Kingdom. I remember I've, that one. I've seen the Kingdom a bunch of times. The one that is strange to me that two of them stand out in my mind. One is you and I have been to Texas Stadium where the Cowboys used to play. Before oh yeah, Jerry's World. Sure. And when they blew that one up, it was so strange because you know for for you and me and and our childhood, we saw so many games on TV mm-hmm. watching the Cowboys to see it go down seemed very strange but when you look at old highlights and then you see jerry's world now and you realize yeah. man one of the best things they could have done was build this you know jerry jerry's world uh, at&t stadium but then the one that seems strange to me because they almost didn't earn a new stadium didn't understand why they did it was the pontiac silverdome <laughs> yeah and i'm like why why would you yeah. guys blow this shit up there's nothing wrong with it but yet they needed ford field for some dumb reason and then the Pontiac Silverdome, after they blew it to the ground, they did nothing with it. It just stood there, and uh, kids were skateboarding through it nonstop. And it, and you're like, what the fuck's happening? And then the palace in Auburn Hills, they just blew that fucking I thing up. I saw that one, And yeah. you're like, why? Why are you guys doing that? I, as far as I know, Detroit's always, always one of those cities where nobody has a job, right? Everybody's struggling. Like, how can you guys afford to keep blowing these buildings up? Didn't Dan Gilbert pump a lot of money back in there? I Dan think Gilbert Dan Gilbert was a from there. Guy. Yeah, he is yeah. from there. Yeah, I thought he I thought he pumped a bunch of money back in. Um no, I mean when the the LA Sports Arena makes the San Diego Sports Arena look like like See, I disagree with you. I Chase thought the LA Center. Sports Arena was nicer than the San Diego Sports Arena. Ugh, you're you're delusional. I was there a lot. Yeah, I, I wish you were still there. Oh. <laughs> 
son of a bitch. You're a son of a bitch. It, it, the place you walked in and you felt like, like it just felt miserable. Rocky was filmed in there. I got it. I got <laughs> That's it. That's enough right there. That's, That's better than anything in the San Diego Sports Arena. Uh, Ali actually fought there and lost there to Ken Norton. That's a well, little different. Well, I'll, well, Rocky lost to Apollo Creed and then came back and beat him again. Uh, Stu Nahan <laughs> was there. But, I've never seen so many Italians in one place in my life. Stu Nahan's <laughs> famous line. Hey, you said that, not me. <laughs> Trade actor. Like, was that in the script? But, but when, they, <laughs> when they took that down, you go, oh, man, okay. Things happened here. And, and I think I made it pretty clear. I'm not a soccer guy. Yeah. But when you're in that area and you see the Bank of California Stadium where LAFC plays, wow. you're like, I got to, I'll go. Yeah. Like, I definitely, and that's where you go, okay, yeah. that's cool. Now, m- not the loyal. Give me a break. <laughs> okay, save it. Nobody's going to convince me those fucking guys. We're going to do that. But if at some point along the way in San Diego, yeah, because we've all been to Carson, and I'm sure that's a fine facility for Galaxy games, but it's very sterile. There's nothing yeah. about that where you go and you go, well, I have to come see a game here. Now, no. Galaxy fans will tell me, hey, you're crazy. You should go. It's a, a fun atmosphere. It, it's a great stadium to, as far as how close you are. Oh, yeah. But I've never seen a soccer game. I've only seen the Chargers. But, and maybe I've never seen it, but maybe the Galaxy is a great experience and, and one I would really enjoy. But going by the old StubHub Center, nothing makes me say I have to find a way to get in. Yeah. When you go by... Have you driven by there like when they weren't playing? What, like, StubHub? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there. Inside or just driving by? Uh, well, we've been on the grounds. Okay. Why? Okay. Why? Um, because my kids <laughs> wanted to see it. My kids... It's not the safest neighborhood. Well, no. During the day, it's where? For D- StubHub? Cal State Dominguez Hills is not the safest place to be. Well, I mean, I've had them over at the L.A. Sports Arena. I've had them out in SoFi 50 different times. That's not really Cardiff. No, it's not really Cardiff. It's not really IB. <laughs> uh, but but when you go by that LAFC stadium, the Bank of California stadium, that's an incredible facility. Yeah, it is. And that's why you get excited about, hey, maybe the, yeah. the new arena, maybe the Aztec football stadium when it's all said and done, Will give us that same vibe when we drive. By. I hope so. I, I do mean, too. I do. I mean, I hope so. It's it was interesting when you you made that you talked about the announcement that they're going to go up to Carson to play in 2021, meaning the Aztecs. And then I started thinking, how many places in LA could you play football? Actually, like you could play at both soccer facilities. Uh huh. You could play obviously at SoFi. You could play at the Coliseum. You could play, you know, in Pasadena at the Rose Bowl. I mean, there are places all over the fucking place where you could actually play. Yeah, and you go. How in the hell is a major city like San Diego have to ship out their university to a whole? Nother we have nowhere city? to go. Nowhere to fucking go. I mean, yeah. the I think the biggest JC would be Southwestern Junior College. Probably yeah. right. Yeah, I mean you're not going to play at Grossmont. No, you and or and, Palomar. Yeah, and you just sit there and you shake your head and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like this is what I, first thing I thought about was the airport. We still haven't uh-huh. fixed our problem with all the talk of airport shit for thirty years. The convention yep. center, great, too small. Yep. We just oh, we never do anything right the first time. It's like we never prepare. We just react to everything. <laughs> yeah. They, um, I was looking for an article about Jerry Buss and the sports arena. 
then it pulled up an old L.A. Times article when they had a San Diego edition. It was written around 89. And, uh, I mean, it was just like, it was so matter of fact. And it was Jerry Buss and it was Harry Cooper. Harry Cooper ran the arena with Richard Esquinas. Richard Esquinas gained fame by writing the book about gambling with Michael Jordan. Yeah. But Harry was in there talking about, hey, I'm looking forward to working with Jerry Buss. And they felt like they knew all the movers and shakers. And uh, Jerry wanted to do what we've said is build the building in North County. Um, They had talked about different areas downtown and, and different things. But, I mean, that's 1989. And you look at that, you go, it's 31 years. And we're in the same spot where yeah. we've been. Literally 31 years, and nothing has moved forward. And it's frustrating. Yeah, the airport, how do we not look at that? <laughs> right? We have one runway. Like, I would think yeah. Long Beach Airport, John Wayne Airport. Yeah. John, oh, Wayne, John airport. Wayne's bigger. Yeah. yeah. In, in the middle of Irvine, yeah. right, you have two airports probably in Long Beach and Irvine, probably within a half-hour drive of each other, not really in a metropolis that have better airports than we have in San Diego. Exactly. It just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it, but it is, it is. I'm trying to think. I know it was before I was in radio that they talked about putting it in Miramar. You know, that, oh, whole, yeah. Whole new, but, but that just disappeared. All the talk is, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just keep what we have. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's uh, always, off. Oh, fuck it. Well, because what happens is the local neighbors, like the Oceanside Pilots Association or anybody else, I mean, if you drive by Oceanside, where the old drive-in used to be, yeah. whatever the, what is that, the 76 up there? There is nothing but acreage of open land. Yes. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't think it's enough where you could build an airport with multiple runways. Anybody that's flown into Denver or Chicago or anywhere else, like, it feels like you would need all of Fallbrook to build one of those things. But <laughs> but maybe the land in Miramar. But what happens? It's all the neighbors there that go, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I moved to Point Loma and I moved right here, but now I'm in the flight path? I, how do we have a curfew here? <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> you don't like it? Move. And maybe that, that should be our affordable housing. Yes. Move everybody out. Hey, I can't afford to live here. Well, you can. You're just going to be directly in the flight path. <laughs> and all the apartments downtown by Seaport Village where you have to listen to the trains and trolleys. Yeah, we'll get you an apartment. It's 300 a month. Fantastic. Whoa. Hang on, partner. Just understand you're going to get 97 trolleys going by here, four <laughs> freight trains, coasters blowing their whistle at all, all hours. I mean, that's that's the price to pay. Oh, my gosh. But we, we always have people. And then City Hall folds. Like, move. Move to Campo. Yeah. You won't hear shit. <laughs> oh, I'm in the flight. Can we please limit this? Like, flights from, I don't know, one to three? Because I'm at work then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm fine. We're sorry. Sorry to bother you, you Fuck face. 
Oh my gosh. All right. Got to ask you about this because I know people are, are curious to know what we think. I can't believe you're in LA yesterday during this first game, but mm-hmm. this is a huge series. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and some people say it's a big series. Some people say it isn't. I love the fact that the Padres say it's a big series and the fans oh, yeah. say it's a big series. I don't like the fact that guys uh, are sitting there on the MLB channel saying it's not a big deal to the Dodgers. Hey, look, if you're a competitor, it should Absolutely. be a big deal. I'll be the first to tell you as a guy that watches every one of these Padre and Dodger games, not when, even when they aren't playing each other. I think the Dodgers have, have loafed. And I think yeah. basically they had such a big lead and were dominating that they've been doing dumb things as far as on the field and the lineups look weird and two catchers in there where neither one were known as hitters. Yeah. And you're going, what the fuck are we doing? And, and like, get ready for the postseason. The postseason starts in less than two weeks. I thought the Dodgers were, were dragging. And playing the Padres, I thought maybe it would be, okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows how much it means. And being in San Diego, how big it was going to be. But when you watch the game yesterday mm-hmm. and the Padres are playing great baseball, I mean, the best baseball in all of baseball, the Padres are that team right now. 14-2 and two or 12-2 and two since the break? I, I, I think they're 12-2. They, and two. There's something like 21-5 and five in their last 26 games. But 12-2 and two uh, yeah. since the – or 12-2 and two since the trade deadline. Since the Sorry. trade deadline. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, as a guy that watches both, I will tell you the Padres are right now are the best team in baseball. Yeah. And – I'm looking at the Dodgers, and I'm going, you guys are going to fuck this up in the postseason. you got to blow it. And then when the whole Grisham thing happened yesterday, mm-hmm. I know, were you back in town or were you out of town? I saw it, Okay. Yeah. I was thinking, well, maybe this is the thing that fires the Dodgers up to understand this is a big deal. Now, whether you finish your first or second for the Dodgers might not be a big deal, mm-hmm. but basically they called out your Hall of Fame pitcher of saying, we got the best of you. And I loved it. As a fan, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't tweet anything going on. Who the fuck do you – where do you get off going after a guy like Kershaw as a Hall of Famer the way Pedro Martinez says it's time to drill Grisham? Kershaw had the best line. He goes, fuck, it was a big hit. Go ahead, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Right. Dave Roberts was defending him, but Kershaw didn't say shit. No. And it was a big hit. It was a big game. It was a big hit. It was a big moment. And that's what the Padres have done the whole year. Mm -hmm. If you follow this team, we all know about the 3-0 and everything else. This is what the Padres have done. They aren't going to get bullied around on the baseball field. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Dave, I felt like it was more directed at his own team, which you have seen. It's it's probably the one thing that has been so stunning, I think, for a lot of us that have watched this team for a long, long time. I don't remember any team, and, and I know it's so awful. I mean, the 84 team, may, maybe, I guess. 96, 98, yeah. I don't ever remember a team where the camaraderie was as tight as it's been on this club. This club is like, they're like the freaking Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> and they got the same colors. Yeah. Like, And I felt like what Grisham was doing last night was more about his team than it was directed at Kershaw. Yeah. And I felt like he was telling his team, we can hit this guy. Yeah. We can get to this guy and doing it to fire it up. I thought where Dave Roberts looked terrible is, boy, I mean, you want to come out and do that. That's fine. Took about 10 minutes for social media to find a clip of him showboating and hot-dogging. Against Schilling. Against Schilling. That's it. So what happened there, Dave? Like, tell me, so it doesn't work here. Which is funny because they won the World Series together with the Red Sox. Those two became (laughs) teammates. Yeah. I thought Kershaw was great. I I really did. I thought Kershaw was cool because he's like, yeah, whatever, man. It's, It's a game. Um, but these games are exciting and we only see the West. I haven't seen a lot of the Phillies. I haven't seen a lot of the Marlins, uh, other team, the Cubs. I haven't seen a lot of, but 
we're seeing these two teams. There's a history much more on the San Diego side than I think the L.A. side. But I think moving ahead, I, I think both teams would agree that the guys on the other side of the field are going to be the biggest stumbling block to their dominance in this division moving forward. And there is. Uh, the, the Dodgers, say what you want about the Dodgers. They have acknowledged San Diego. They have not dismissed San Diego. I've read a lot of comments from their team, and I, I haven't seen anything but the Dodgers being cool and respectable and saying, man, they come after you, they grind, they're exciting, they're fun. I didn't have any problem with Grisham last night because, again, I thought it was directed at his team to fire him up. It wasn't meant at Kershaw, but that's how it's going to be done. The funniest part of the whole thing to me was the quote after the game from Jay Stingler, who clearly learned a lesson after Fernando Tatis in the Grand Slam, when he's like, hey, we're just going out having fun. We're playing our game. We're playing for our team. And we're not worrying about anybody else. We're just doing our thing. And it was it was a funny quote where you're like, all right, that's what we needed earlier, but you got it right this time. Good on you. But um, no, Dave, I like it. I, I just think it's uh, I think it's a really good idea of what the future could be. These games feel exciting. There's can you imagine if they had people in the I in know, the stands? So sad. Um, on both sides, the yeah. Dodger fans would be going wild. Yeah. The Padre fans would be going wild. It would be an incredible atmosphere. But just sitting here, even this game tonight, as we watch it, it's 3-1 to one L.A. in the 8th as we're recording this. Uh, San Diego's been great. But I think you see it sometimes in college basketball, and I don't know what side of the theory you come in on. But there have been talk with teams, certain teams, as they're getting into February and starting to get ready for a conference. Maybe a team's been really, really rolling, and then they go up against a pretty good team, and they might lose one. And sometimes you'll hear, rarely you'll hear a coach say it, but there'll be people in the game that can say, you know what, that's not a bad loss. Because it reminds you, hey, the, the team on the other yeah. side's here too, and you recharge your batteries, you come after it. I mean, you got 12-2. and two, You have every right to be feeling like uh, you got brass ones. I don't know how this game's going to end, but if you get beat tonight, you haven't done it. You didn't get blown off the field. No. Uh, you played really good. Dodgers played yeah. really good, too. So it could be a good reminder that, oh, yeah, like the other team gets paid, too. We got we to gotta come out and close it up. You know what, to me, was interesting. I think Kershaw, that was his first loss and like since 2013 against the pods. Yeah, like, I like, heard that. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy number. And you beat the guy that has owned you for the longest time inside your division, which is yeah. a huge win. I mean, if those two match up and pitching staffs are healthy, ready to go in round two when they would face each other, that would have been the matchup. That would have been uh-huh. Lamette against Kershaw is what you would have seen. And Lamette has been ridiculous. He, he's, he's been basically insane the entire season. It is. Uh, it has been a lot of fun to to watch this year. I love the fact that I, honestly, I do believe this is your Sunday night matchup for years to come. Mm-hmm. I understand Red Sox Yankees get tremendous ratings, but the Red Sox are so far away from being competitive now. They have the money to fix that in a year if they wanted to. But right now, I think you're looking at the, not only the two best teams in the National League this year, but you're looking at them for a long time facing each other. Which to me, if if you're a fan of baseball in Southern California, what else could you possibly ask for? than to have these two fan bases going at it. Well, and with this game 3-1 to one going to the bottom of the eighth as we're recording, you, you guys will all know what happened when you hear it. 
The other amazing thing is, I think as a San Diego fan, is right now you're like, we're not out of it. And who's coming in? Kenley or whoever coming in, right, oh, to pitch boy. the bottom of the eighth, right? Yes. I think I think Padres look at it, and uh, I mean, I'm just looking. It's the bottom of the order right now. It's eight, nine, and one. But even if it's a one, two, three inning, you go, all right, well, the heart of the lineup is going to be up in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. Hopefully just down by two or one or, or whatever the case may be. Um, that's the craziest thing. And they and the Padres lead and come from behind wins more oh. than any team in Major League Baseball. i got to ask you this question. As a Padres fan, do you remember the loss that made you the angriest? Not the one that hurt the most. The one where you go, I'm p- fucking pissed. Oh, yeah, game 198. Game 198. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, that, look, that Yankee team was so good. I don't know what happened. Did it remind you of the Kings and Canadians? Kind of the same kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. Same kind for, of feeling? Yeah. I mean, it was funny when Brian Cashman said at Kevin's memorial, oh, yeah, that was a strike. Like and and look, I don't know if it made things better. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was funny. I don't it was know. A funny if, line, but at the same time, I don't think I felt better. Well, I, I'll much, I'll take a guy admitting that over a guy saying no, no, no. Uh, again, he may have Cashman's pretty savvy. He may have just known the audience, yeah. but he was pretty funny in the way he delivered it. Um, for people that don't remember, in, in 1993, the, the L.A. Kings went to the Stanley Cup for the first time. They got there because at that time it was wild. It wasn't Western Conference and Eastern Conference. It was best against best. And they ended up playing in the semifinals. Yeah. Kings ended up playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they played an East Coast team to make it to the Cup. Very hard-fought series that they win, beat a really good Maple Leafs team, the last really good Maple Leafs team to exist, and uh, and go to the finals. They're flying. They play the Montreal Canadiens. They're winning at the old Montreal Forum game one. And goddamn, if uh, I, uh, I'm mind-blanking on the, on the head coach of the Canadiens at the time, but they were such a smart team that now the Kings swear. The Kings absolutely swear up and down that the Canadians had a spy on the locker room staff that had gone through and measured all the wow. Kings' sticks when the Kings had gone back to the hotel and said McSorley's out of sorts, and if we need to at the right point, we'll play that card. The Canadians, oh, we wouldn't do such a thing. Hey, if we have access, do it. Martin McSorley had an illegal stick. Uh, Montreal called the, the penalty and came back and won, and it – it changed the whole momentum. Yeah. Uh, the the GM of that team, Serge Savard, told me I was insane last year uh, when I told him McSorley was the reason the Canadians won the cup. He said, did you see who my goalie was? Patrick Wah. <laughs> uh, they were really good. But, no, if you ask me that one loss, yeah, the it's 98. Yeah. Because if you win game one, on the road at Yankee Stadium, I don't know. They've maybe lose four straight, but it, it could have built a little momentum, yeah. and it felt like a pretty demoralizing loss. It was. It, it was. I, the reason I brought that up was there are a lot of losses in sports where you're like, man, fuck, I really wanted to win this game. You know what I mean? As yeah. a fan, you're like, I'm all in. And then your team loses, and you, you feel it, and you go, man, that fucking sucked. And – the other night, it was funny. I got so fucking angry watching the Dodgers oh, and Astros. I saw. Were you in L.A. at the time? Yeah, that's why I okay. retweeted your tweet. Oh. You couldn't get a, 
I was straight. I was so I was so fucking mad, dude. I, uh, I I was so angry because you and I have talked about this. Every Dodger fan has talked about this. We feel the Astros stole the 2017 World 100%. Series, and the one one game that you look at on the schedule, yeah, they swept they mm-hmm. swept the Astros in Houston earlier in the year. Wasn't the same thing. No, come to Dodger Stadium. And fucking, you know, we talked about if the fans were there and the all-star game and all oh. that shit this year that the Astros were going to hear it. Well, a bunch of fans stood outside yep. Dodger Stadium waiting for those fucking buses, fucking flicking guys off, banging trash cans, the whole deal. And the Dodgers had the game. It was 5-2, last inning. And Jansen fucking got rocked. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't one time, two times, three times. Five fucking straight hits before he sends Mark Pryor out there, the pitching coach. Former San Diego guy, by the way. Yeah. Chula Vista guy, St. Rose, fucking idiot. I'm like, what the fuck are you telling him right now, you asshole? Yeah. And then he send, then Dave goes out there and makes the change. And I'm like, man, this game meant something to Dodger fans. Mm-hmm. You fucking asshole. This wasn't yeah. a teaching lesson. This was one that we circled on our schedule. The whole fucking season, this was the game. Yeah. And it didn't matter to you. And, I, man, I was, I was so fucking mad, dude. I didn't fall asleep till like 2.30 in the morning. And, and I yelled at some guy, dude. I felt bad about it. My kid even said to me, Dad, maybe you should step away from your fucking phone. You're getting out of control. And you, you got me because... <laughs> I was yes. just fucking hammering, not even looking at what I'm writing. Some guy wrote, <laughs> his name was David. Some guy wrote, all I know is in my lifetime, the Padres and Dodgers have the same amount of World Series titles. Oh. And I, I wrote back, you know what? Congratulations, Dave, on having the world's biggest fucking ego <laughs> and fucking believing the world started the day you were fucking born. I go, pretty fucking amazing. What's I just ripped the matter this, with you? I just ripped the shit out of this guy for being a fucking egomaniac. <laughs> And I go, and I, and then I was like, ah, I fucking should just take it down. Then I, I didn't. I just was like, I don't even know the guy, but I was so fucking mean to him. <laughs> and I was, but I was fuming, dude. I was right. so fucking mad. And I was thinking, I don't think I've ever been that mad about a sporting event in my life. And I'm like, what the fuck's wrong with me? I mean, you, when, when the Titans fucking lost by, oh, by, by one yard in the Super yep, Bowl, I was there for part I, of it. Yeah, <laughs> and I passed out drunk. Yep. on my floor. Yeah, that was that wasn't a good night. But I wasn't fucking fuming. I was like, ah, fuck, we're this close. I was fuming, dude. I couldn't control it. Yeah, I think I think for me on that would be ninety eight. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Where you just, just were super like, mad, like we got yeah, it. We were robbed. But I don't. I'm trying to think. I I man, I hate to tell you this, but I mean, we saw Norv, we saw Marty on what the hell was that? Like fourth and eleven. When did Marty go for it? Remember that? Yeah. Is it longer than that? Fourth and oh uh, yeah yeah. What was it? Remember well, that? Well, the big one was the the Ravens, like fourth and twenty nine. Well, that was just <laughs> that's like you don't even go for that in Madden. Did they won the Super Bowl because of that play? They would have never made it to the playoffs without oh, they that fucking did get play. It. Yeah, the, the Ravens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's right. Remember Eric Coelho got knocked out and thought they won the game. Remember he was in the locker room? Yeah. Going, hey, we won. No, we didn't. What? He got the shit kicked out of him on that play. Hang on. Did they convert that fourth and 29? Yeah, yeah Ray Rice. Oh, my God, that's right. And they made the postseason. Uh, who was that against? What, what, the Chargers and Ravens. It was right oh, here. Oh, shit. That's it. And then they go oh, to the shit. Super Bowl and beat the 49ers. Yes. They would have never gotten the postseason with that fourth and 29. Oh, my God. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. That had just completely blocked. Uh, okay, that's a perfect example. Uh, this, is tough, this is tough to admit. And who doesn't want to tear that stadium down? When those kind of things happened, yeah. Marlon McCree. 
Yes. That. Fourth and 29. Oh, my God, Dave. I Oh, shit. <laughs> I had not... I hadn't thought about that in so long. Oh, and I'm sorry for Charger fans. They're like, dude, how could you forget it? I'm telling you how I looked at every one of those plays. The Jets game, Josh Rosenberg will confirm it. Sean Green running up and down the field and Cromartie shoving him in the back. That's right. All those different things. What I looked at it was this is going to drive the show for the next week, month, or offseason. Yeah. Because people are going to feel about this way, the way Dave felt about the Dodgers the other night. And all I have to do is just try to sound believable when I say, I know. I know. When in reality, I didn't give a shit. I didn't care. I really didn't care. I mean, they were the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their games were just easier to get to for me. I didn't care because I saw it. But on that 4th and 29, that's when I was like, oh, my God, I had not thought about that play in so long. I sat there at home and go, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. And what you would do, we weren't doing post game because we were at extra, but we would be on the next morning. And I remember you would sit there watching those games and I would get a legal pad. And you would just kind of log the game. I would have to. It was just my way of doing it. Kind of, I feel like, talking about the Vin Scully scorebook. I would have to log it just so that I had an idea because I can't remember anything. So that way, the next day when we came in, I could remember that a a third and six to Gates led to the touchdown, right? Or a, a penalty on Weddle led to this or that. And then... You jot things, whatever. And I remember on that game having like five or six pages worth of notes. And I was like, none of this is going to matter. None of this cares. There's not going to be at any point during the show tomorrow where I'm going to say, well, yeah, the fourth and 29 happened. But, hey, remember in the first (laughs) when Antonio Gates on a third and – no. It's just like that. Oh, my God. Shit. I had completely forgotten about that play and forgotten that it had happened. It happened here, right? Yeah, yeah, happened here. I, were I we you, at that game? I, we, we were. <laughs> we, we were there. God damn. Dude. We were there. I just remember. Yeah, the best yeah. part of the story is Weddle in the locker room, the only guy that was ecstatic that they won. Everyone had to tell him that you don't win. You got knocked out, dipshit on that play. He had no idea. <laughs> It was, he was the only guy smiling. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> what a win, guys. What a win. Tommy's like, hey, Weddle, save it. <laughs> what a fuck off, dude. I'm telling you. Fucking God. nuts, man. Fucking crazy. God, I, I swear to God, Dave, Like, I remember so many different games throughout the years. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about that. Oh, my God. Is that funny? Oh, my gosh. All right. We got to get to uh, we got to get to how old are they, how much they're worth. But also, I have a sports okay. question for you that, that you will be shocked about, okay? Okay. Because you have no idea what I'm about to say. It is worth staying around, I promise you, just to get your reaction. All okay. right. I want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams, again. And he loves Padre baseball as a family member that's with the Padres. But he's more importantly, Dan's the guy that can help you get out of debt right now. It's an exciting time, not only in the sports world, but also your chance to fix everything in your life financially, which is really what causes so much stress. He can get you out of debt, and he can also get you out of the rental market. He can help you buy your first home. Look, it's easy. All you have to do is call Dan Williams at this number, 858 858- 
688-688-6813. Yeah, it's so important because you're seeing it everywhere right now. The housing market's going absolutely crazy, and uh, you're hearing it from Brian Curry and others, but it's a time to jump in. With everything in San Diego and, and financial market, man, you need to go right now. And before you can buy that house, you have to make sure that financially you're in a spot where the bank looks at you and considers you a paper. You are a guy or a woman or a couple that the bank wants your business. How do you do that? By giving Dan a call. Borrow smart, repay smart. Learn the tools that can get your finances in order so that when the time is right for you to buy a house, it's going to be the best decision you ever made. Absolutely. When you're ready to buy that house, is the guy you're going to call is Brian Curry. Brian Curry's been with Caldwell Banker for more than 20 years. He's won the President's Elite Award. He is one of the top 1% internationally. He is great at what he does right here in San Diego. He knows the San Diego community communities better than anyone again find the house you want to move to the neighborhood you want to live in the street you want to live on he can find the house for you 619-251-1588 619-251-1588 dave i was in pasadena the other day and i was on colorado boulevard is that where marty mcfly lived uh i don't know if that's where he lived but it's where the great jan and dean wrote about the little old lady from pasadena And I said, man, this would be an area where you could live, right? It's beautiful here in Pasadena. And that's why Jan and Dean made their home there. I mention it because this pencil neck, Pete and Point Loma, writes tonight (laughs) on Twitter, I'll never forget, uh, forgive Jeff Dotseth for mocking this brain damage guy. Jan was okay in my book. I did not mock the man. I mocked the awful movie starring Richard Hatch. And, uh... It wasn't Greatest American Hero, but some other asshole that (laughs) demolished uh, old school music. But anywhere you want to live, there are so many fantastic places in and around San Diego, many of which you may not know about. At least I've lived here, goddamn, 35 years, and I still find myself in neighborhoods. And you go, wow, this is really cool. Well, Brian's going to know those neighborhoods. He's going to know the neighborhood that fits your budget. He's going to know the neighborhood that meets your needs. And most importantly, if you're a family man uh, or you have kids uh, and you want those kids to go to the right school and have it safe, he's going to know all those decisions and all the answers as well. Man, I can't think of anybody better to be on your side. His birthday coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, If you are looking to buy a home anywhere from downtown all the way up the coast, all the way out into East County and Poway, uh, give Brian Curry a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. And that pool right there is waiting for you as well. All you have to do is call Alan Taylor. It is hot as balls out oh. there. It is only getting hotter and hotter. Again, Alan Taylor is your guy for that perfect pool. I bet you wish you had one if you haven't done it already. We did have a listener reach out and saying, Saw that. Hey, guys, I'm getting that brand new pool from Alan Taylor. Taylor May Pool, 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. It's just, Dave, every day... It gets hotter and hotter, and it just feels like, man, I tell you what, you know who I want on this show, and I don't know if we can get her, but Dagmar Midcap tonight on NBC did about two minutes without, it felt like she was just doing it off the top of her head, 
on climate change and how A leads to B and B leads to C all the way down the line. It was so goddamn good. She is so talented. Like I don't even know if she speaks English. I can't focus. Right? <laughs> hey, she's hot as a summer day. Nobody's gonna <laughs> nobody's gonna argue that. But so goddamn smart. Like I'm like, Dagmar, come on here and make Dave and I feel like we know what the hell we're talking about. Um but she said it tonight. She's like, it's just going to keep going. Yeah. You're going to keep getting hotter. It's just the way the summers are getting longer. The winters are getting shorter. So what are you doing with that extra land that you have in the back? You still back there throwing lawn darts, for Christ's sake? Give it up. For Christ's sake. Get it together, shithead. Call Alan and his guys and have that brand new pool built. Dave, I got amazing news. It's my birthday special. Okay. And just for you. Anybody who calls, the next 17 people that call and request the Jeff special, don't call tonight. Alan goes to bed at about 630 because he's still on uh, Quebec time. <laughs> but you call him tomorrow and you say, I want the Dave and Jeff special. Alan said, all we have to do is just name the silhouette of anybody we want, Dave. Anybody we want to name. He's going to do it. I tell you what, I always throw out the names. Who should we have tonight on the birthday special? Well, if you're naming the silhouette, you got to go with Dolly Parton. Holy cow. What a fantastic choice. <laughs> it's the Dolly Parton special. It's only good for the first 17 of you that call and say, I want the Dave and Jeff special. Call operator standing by, and you'll get a free tailor-made pool. Proud sponsor of the Dave and Jeff show shirt for each two pools you buy. Perfect. Love it. All right. Kyle Fluger is your guy for that brand new website. Again, if you have a website that you need to start up or if you have a website that is just struggling, Kyle Fluger is your guy. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. It was so nice, Dave. Yesterday, when you think about the positive impact you make on people's lives, so nice to hear from Dan Williams. So nice to hear from Brian Curry. So nice to hear from Alan and Amy. It was great. And then guess who comes straggling in today? Flugs. <laughs> straggling in. Been out camping. But when you look at our friend Brock sent me the funniest thing. We cannot get douche of the day. It's six grand. We'd have to buy it. Oh, God damn, damn. We don't have six grand laying around. <laughs> who beat us to that? But Flugs will put your website together. It'll look fantastic. Look at any of the sites that he's done for us. Uh, I'll tell you, man, I say it over and over again. It is an Amazon world. Everybody goes yep. there. And uh, even when you're dealing with the big stores, I mean, we were trying to buy stuff on Target. My kids want something that was on Walmart.com. And you just, that's the comparison. And you go, well, I'm never going to beat Walmart. No, or uh, I'm sorry, I'm never going to beat Amazon. You don't have to. You just have to beat the guy who's doing what you're doing locally. Yes. And if you're not currently doing that, then Kyle can help you do it. Give him a call and remind him that Jeff's birthday is the 14th, not the 15th. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Get one job. Hey, happy birthday to our friend Josh Rosenberg. Exactly right. I do not want to forget it. Happy birthday to Josh, who loves the bit that we used to do about going to the Graviton. Who? wants to go faster you the little fat kid over there in the corner turn it upside down don't puke on my ride who wants to go faster 
We would do that all the time playing Motley Crue. Do you remember that? And they yes. go, they would go, raise your arm if you're going to get sick. <laughs> yeah. And you couldn't get your arm off the fucking wall. Yeah. You in the halter top, pull it down, seeing way too much belly. Who wants to go faster? The fucking guys at Del Mar. I don't have any place to live. My family hasn't called me in a month, and I got child support due. Who wants to help me out, and who wants to go faster? I got gentleman's awards, but I like you over there. You look close enough to 18 for me. If you don't tell, I won't tell. Who wants to go faster? <laughs> Fucking guys. That's just for Rosie. <laughs> we would sit there and do that stupid shit all day long. Remember that? Yes, of course. We would just play girls, girls, girls in the background. And those assholes every day so great to have everybody here south of the border hola amigo who wants to go faster hey eh? i think that was canadian sorry <laughs> happy birthday rosie happy birthday is right all right tonight i'm going to start off with the five questions because i'm, I'm coming out of my shoes on this one all right i have a question for you too so don't let this me is going to knock you off your feet right here what i'm about oh, you to sure? say the la clippers lost tonight oh i told you <laughs> The, oh, my God. The L.A. Clippers lost tonight. It wasn't even close. Got blown out in Game 7 against the oh Nuggets. I was watching God. behind your head the whole time you were talking. I can't believe it. Who's at fault? Uh, it's got to be Doc Rivers. See, I wonder, would they blame Doc Rivers or Paul George? Because well, no one's going to blame Paul George do? Well, it doesn't matter what Paul George did. He sucked for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Or do you blame Lou Williams for going to the strip club and not being the same Oof. once he came back? I mean, there are so many things. Now, here's the second question. Do you fire Doc Rivers? What does Steve Ballmer do? Hmm. Damn. I mean, this is a huge, huge fucking sports upset. Mm-hmm. I think it's honestly bigger than if the Lakers would have lost beforehand. They were up three to one. They're up three to one. The other night they were up by what eighteen? And yes, and Vegas. I think they're up by fifteen the night before. Vegas, I believe, had the Clippers winning the whole damn thing. Oh man! They didn't oh. even make it to the Western Conference Championship. Where it would have been... First time in 50 years. Yeah, it would have been them and the yeah, Lakers. Yes. At Staples. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know what I mean? That's what it was supposed to be. There would be no traveling, just change the floor out. But now they're in the bubble, and we were all going to miss out on what would have been something unique. But now oh, it's going to be the gosh. Nuggets and the Lakers, and it wasn't even close. From what, from what I think I saw from behind, TV's 30 feet away. I think yeah. the Clippers... Uh, Clippers uh, lost by 15. <laughs> 104.89. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, what would you do if you're Steve Ballmer? Would you fire Doc Rivers? No. Yeah, it's tough. But everybody loves Doc. Yeah, I think Ballmer does, too. No. Um, Paul George is signed for how long? He's there a while. Okay, yeah. he's locked in. They're both there a while. Yeah. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, I hadn't even – I knew that game was tonight. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That is oh, wow. that's a huge upset. I mean, that's really one of the biggest when upsets. When you're up 3-1. 3-1. The Nuggets back-to-back series did it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, boy. You nervous as a Laker fan course, about the man. Nuggets? I'm always nervous. I re- put it this way. I'd rather play the Nuggets than the Clippers. The Clippers the made heat? me nervous. What? The Heat are playing great basketball. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so there you go. Okay, who do you have winning the entire championship? Now that we know we're down to four. We're down to the Heat, Celtics, Lakers, Nuggets. I mean, the Lakers have to be the pick, but um, – I'm really interested to see – I haven't watched a lot, Dave, so I haven't seen yeah. – I'm not going to act like I've seen every play of the Nuggets. I, I was up there the other day when everybody was freaking out, and I, I couldn't believe 
that the uh, that the Clips had blown that deal. I think it, so many people felt like it was fait accompli that that it was going to be Clippers and Lakers, yes. and we were so excited about that that the idea that it's now the Nuggets is wild. Um, so they play Friday. So the Lakers have had a lot of time off um, to kind of get this figured out. And I watched the Celtics and the Raptors the other day. Look, yeah. I want the Raptors back in. I thought Me that would have been a really cool story considering that you lose Kawhi and now you're and you now you're right back in, but Celtics won that. That Miami team is really really interesting to me. It is. And and so I don't know that I'll watch every minute of every game, but I I'd like to see Lakers Miami. I mean, I I'd, I'd, I'd like to see the Lakers in. But if it's Lakers-Boston, Lakers-Miami, either way, storylines, yes. they're galore, right? If you're ABC, you're thinking anybody but the Nuggets, right? Correct. You're thinking because if you have the Heat and Lakers, it's still Spolster against James. Yeah, and Pat, and Pat Riley. Riley. Yeah, yeah, I mean, And if still, it's the Lakers-Celtics, if the Lakers Jimmy win Butler it, in there? Yes. If yeah. the Lakers won a championship this year, they would tie the Celtics for 17. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be a big deal. There's talent on both of those teams. The coaches are good. Yeah. Um, Pretty cool for Frank Vogel, right? I oh, mean, absolutely. I know it's a weird year, but with everything going on with Jason Kidd and just kind of the strange uh, where they couldn't get Tyrone Liu and, and he ends up being in there. Weird year, but that's yeah. cool for Frank Vogel. Yeah, assuming for... he – I mean, if you're Vogel, you better get him into the finals or you're gonna they're going to be talking about you the, where they're talking about Doc tonight. Yeah. I don't think Doc goes, but that's amazing. All right, here we go. We'll knock out the rest of these questions. Got three more for you. Are okay. you worried about Fernando Tatis Jr. slump? Uh, no. I wouldn't either. No. It, every team, every player goes through it. He's just going through it right now. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's how the game works. It, it's pretty amazing that he had that stretch that I think we had mentioned, credit, full credit to Jesse Agler and Ted, that he had never gone like three games in a row without a hit. Um, so, no, he's, in, he's fighting it a little bit. I, I just have – I like him, number one. I like this coaching staff a lot, which yeah. is funny to say because there were a lot of questions about them. And I like the uh, the guys that he has around him from a veteran standpoint. I, I like the guys that I think uh, – and I think, too, Dave, the energy of this team will kind of rub off on him. If it was maybe what we've used to seeing for the last four or five years – where it was a little flat, then maybe it would allow you to just kind of linger down there. Yeah. I just think the the energy and the momentum around this club uh, lifts him out of it. No, I'm not worried. I wouldn't be worried either. All right, here we go. Would you trade Will Myers in the offseason? That's really interesting that they continue to talk about that. Um, yeah, I would. I would too. I, I just I think if, if you get that opportunity, I think trading him this offseason is probably your best bet to limit how much you're going to have to put out the window with him. But I, I tell you what, I if they if they traded him this offseason, I feel like it would be a much different reaction for me than when they traded Hedges. Like getting rid of Hedges, Hedges breaking up the no-hitter the other yeah. day was insane was to bizarre, me. was bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But I was so thrilled when Hedges was gone, and, and I would have been thrilled with Myers being gone. But I think there's been a lot of Myers this year that's kind of that you go, hey man, look at look at him. Like I was, I always appreciate guys that that find a way to battle out of it, and I don't know what it is, but he's making contributions on this team, and this team's been incredibly fun to watch. And and so, 
I mean, I I said it this off season when we were frustrated with him. I'm like, look, you have to cheer for him. You have to when Machado was struggling. It's the same thing. Those guys are in that uniform. But I've been so happy for him. I'm not the biggest fan because he seems like he's a little bit of a a little aloof. Yeah. But he's making contributions on this team. There are times out there in right field where you wonder if he's ever played the outfield. But um, but yeah, good for him. But I think now, oh, what happened there? We're watching the ninth inning. Yeah. Um, so I I think Dave that yeah I think you do try to trade him, but yeah. I think if he left. In this offseason, yeah. depending on what you're getting back, I think it would be a lot different reaction, Will Myers coming back in a year, than it would have been oh, I agree with that. had he come back this year. Good or, if he's here next year, people are fine with it. If he's gone, people are fine with it. I just think you have a chance to uh, move things around. You know what's interesting, talking about Dave Roberts, is we're watching the game in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. You guys will know it because you're watching the game too, that uh, Moreland just got a hit, so the Padres have the go-ahead run on first base right now with one out. Yep. Look, tying run. Look, uh, the tying run. So, the, the go ahead and run up the plate. So, look, if you're managing, all right, mm-hmm. you and I are in the dugout together. We're going to the ninth inning with the 3-1 lead, meaning we're the Dodgers. Yeah. Don't you put your gold glove center fielder back Absolutely. in center field where Cody Bellinger might be the fastest guy in the National Absolutely. League? And then a ball drops right there in front of Pollock, who's too old, who doesn't cover any ground. That's why he doesn't play center field anymore. Like, that's just bad managing. Well, and it – look, I don't know what's going to happen with Nola up. Again, anybody hearing it, you're going to know it. But – Jansen's rattled. Yeah. Like, he's upset by that. Maybe not rattled isn't the right word. He should be pissed. But he's rattled and, yeah, he's pissed. Right. Like, he was like, fuck. I mean, the guy won a gold glove out there. Why is he at first base right now when you have a 3-1 lead? Doesn't make any sense. Uh, anyway, I, I just, Dave Roberts, man, I don't know what to say. Okay, here we go. Last question for you. What will keep the Padres from winning the World Series this year? Um, What will keep them from winning the World Series this year. I just think that they might run into a better team. I think they're really, really good. But there's some really, really good teams in baseball. I, I would think I think we're I think we're excited. Like I think Clevenger and Lamette get you excited, yeah, right? I mean Zach Davies only gave up three tonight. No, Zach with Davies this, was fine. Yeah. With this offense, that shouldn't be any big deal. No. Gonzalez um, pitched his ass off. And he, Gonsolin's not pitching in the playoffs as a starter for the yeah. Dodgers. Yeah. Um, God, it's it's pretty wild to think you, you could have Pham and Hosmer back. Yeah, at the end of this week, they were saying. So now, all of a sudden, you look at the lineup, and now you're going Hosmer, Cronenworth, Tatis, Machado, Nola, Pham, what do you Grisham, do with, Myers. What do you do with Profar? He's been playing so well. Uh, he has been playing well. I mean, I think Dave, he's, he's going to get a lot of time in left, uh, until, until fam wins it. I mean, I kind of think if you're fam, fam wasn't that great with the bat. No. Would you alternate him and Moreland as DH? Fam? Fam Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. But, um, but it's a good problem to have. Of course. Um, Paddock coming back either. Who's on deck? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And and it's been great, but I mean, we're we're laughing. And Myers is going to come up with the bases loaded again. Dave and I are, are watching it live. This team's all jacked up. They're all laughing. Yeah. Uh, all right, take me right now. Let's go. Let's go into the Padres dugout. Let's go into the Dodgers dugout. As you're sitting here with one out, bases loaded. Myers has two grand slams on the year. Jansen uh, was up uh, 0-1. 
and then ends up getting a walk, yeah. right? Yes. Right now, what are the Dodgers thinking? What are, what are the Padres thinking? What's the thinking? baseball move? You take Jansen out right now. You put, you put Dylan Floro in the game. You put anybody in but Jansen. Yeah, but Jan- will they? No, and I tell you what, my, my feeling is you give up two hits in a row, usually you're coming out of a game. You're yes. just done. In the we ninth? Saw, yeah. 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 You're, the goal is to win the game. I mean, that's it. You're, letting the, you're basically picking one guy over 25 guys. Yeah. By saying, we're going to stay with this guy. For what reason? For confidence? Yeah. Fuck off. Loyalty? I mean, swear to God, dude, take him out. We saw this. We already saw this plays out. We saw it Saturday if you're a Dodger fan. Yeah. And now, all right, here's and the other the thing. The chances of Will Myers hitting a double play right now aren't very good. You know what I mean? He's fast as fuck. So it's, what are you doing? I mean, he's a three thirty three hitter against Jansen. If you're Dave Roberts, how do you not pull him out of the game? You lose this game. How do you look at the rest of your team? Uh, what about two? What about when you're looking at pitches for a closer? He's at 20 pitches right now in the ninth. I mean, if you have a close game tomorrow, I mean, uh, right? I mean, if he gets over 30, isn't that where you start to go? Or, or the, no? I wouldn't pitch. Honest to God, Jeff, I, I look at him like I look at Chris Paddock. I wouldn't put him on the postseason roster. Yeah. He's throwing 91. That's not his speed. Yeah. And they, Vaskersian had a stat today on Darren's show that I found interesting that said the Dodgers have avoided with their pitching staff having anybody go back to back days all oh, year. Can oh, that be real? That could be real. Yeah, that's something else. I don't know. He said they were going to have to check it out. But, um, man, this is fun. See, that's why these games are exciting. We'll we'll see how it plays out. But just to have these games with the difference in the San Diego team, we've known L.A. is really, really good for how long, right? Well, seven straight years they won the division. God, fuck. Right? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Myers. Well, An asshole. Well, he was four for five with the bases loaded this year. I'm just kidding. I'm 100%. Yeah, watch. He's going to strike out the next two, and I look like a horse's ass. But I'm just saying the players know Jansen. I mean, who would he rather have faced? Was it Nola that was up before him? Yeah. No, Nola or Myers? I mean, you just put the tying run in scoring position with that walk. Yeah. After two base hits. Whatever, man. I, I, I don't know what to say. Okay, here we go. How old are they? How much are they worth? We're going September 15th. We've got some good ones. Okay. We're going with Prince Harry. Ooh. Well, he gave back some of the money to uh, to get yep. out of England. How much is? How old is he? I'm gonna say he's. Uh, if he was, let's say he's 34. 36. 36. How much is he worth? I'm gonna say he's worth uh, 25 million. You know what? Exactly right. But with Meghan Markle, he's 30 million. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that was okay. a very good. So you got one. You're one for one. Okay. The actor Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's great. I, you know, I had never seen the movie Venom. I didn't know anything about Venom. Yeah. And then we watched that movie uh, a couple of weeks back. He was great in that. I liked him in uh, Fighter. Good in that, too. I'm going to say Tom Hardy's 42. 43. Ooh. Very good. He would have been. I would have been right yesterday. Yes, he would. Um. I don't know what kind of money he makes on those movies. So let's say uh, I'm going to go right back to the well. I'm going to say uh, 20. Well, you said 30 for um, for Prince Harry. I'm going to. You tend to go from low to high. So I'm going to. No, uh, it's all over the place. Just so you know. Hey, just let me try to help my, you out. All right, I'm going to say 21 million. 30 million dollars. You actually said 30, and you went down to 21. I was trying to oh, help you out. That's all good. All right. Do you know who Lisa Vanderpump is? I do. Yeah. I do. Um, 
I'm interested in this because I feel like she looks great. And I think I'm going to be surprised by the age. I'm going to say 57. 60. Damn. Good for her. And I think she's got dough, man. I'm going to say she's 100 million. It says 65 million, but she's on her way to 100. She has a brand new place in uh, Caesar's Palace that is sold out like crazy. All right. Crazy. You watch that show. Yeah. I don't. I have a question about she's that. Off, well, she's off the show, but she has her own show now, The Vanderpump Rules. Okay. Um, was she likable on that show or unlikable on I that show? I thought she was likable, but she quit the show because everybody, tur- she thought people would turn on her, so she quit. But she was like the queen bee of the show. All right. And then my next question about that is, uh, what about Brandy Glanville and Denise Richards? Yeah, that's something else. Okay. So they hooked up. They hooked up, but Denise Richards denies it. But there are text messages that shows they were together. They hooked up. Just like the movie Wild Things. Just like wild yeah. things. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, remind me. I have a question for you. All right. At the end. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. I don't think he'd be likable. I've heard, I've heard people say that from movie sets, he's not very likable, which is too bad because he's always funny as shit in movies. I'm going to say he is... Fucking Jansen struck out the two guys. Yeah, that's funny. But, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. It's a great spot for Jansen. Fun game, man. That was a fun one. Um, I'm not... I'm not. Oh, yeah, that game was a fun game. Go ahead. I'm going to say uh, Tommy Lee is 77. 74. 74. How much is he worth? $40 million. $85 million. No shit. Wow. Okay. Here's the one. Uh, I'll let you guess the age, but the money surprised me. It's Gaylord Perry. Hmm. Damn, I'd have a tough time playing alive or dead for Gaylord. Oh, that's funny. I'm going to assume he's alive. I'm going to say he's, uh, shit, I think he's about uh, 77. 82. No kidding? Yeah. God damn, how old are the rest of us? Um, the next one's going to make you feel like old. You're going to go, what the fuck? Gaylord's worth uh, $14 million. It says $27 million. No shit? Yeah, that, this was the hardest one, by the way, to look up. I've never had anyone where I've had to go to so many sites to try and find it. Like, yeah, you to find, find it. it. But I, I remember when I was like 10 years old, my dad took me to a Gaylord Perry autograph signing. Yeah. Like in Nashville. I'm like, this guy must do nothing but go to autograph signings. Could be. Just hanging out. Yeah. He was but, cool as shit. He, he seems like he, he was be. cool. All right, here we go. This one's going to make you feel old. Okay. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Okay, I can do this math because it's 37 years since the 83 draft. So let's say in the 83 draft, he's 21. So I'm going to say he's 58. 59. Fuck. Yeah. That's right there. And how much is he worth? Dude, he's got steakhouses and everything else down there. I don't know how good they are. I'm going to say he's worth... uh, I like that clip when he loses his shit on HBO and scares Nick Bonacani yeah. when he slams the table. Uh, I'll say seventy million, dude. That's what I would have guessed. Something like that. It says thirty-five million. Now, third, think about it. Thirty-five million is less money than like Russell Wilson makes in a year. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's crazy how things change. But when I saw it was fifty-nine, I said, "Fuck!" Like I remember watching Dan Marino at Pitt. Yeah, and and. I mean, that 30 for 30 about the 83 draft is so good. It is. 27th Todd, pick. Yeah, Todd Blackledge going yeah. ahead of him. And Tony guys, Eason. Tony Eason. Um, three because, guys, Hall of, three quarterbacks, Hall of Famers in that draft. Why do you think he can't get a job broadcasting? 
I didn't realize he couldn't get a job broadcasting. I didn't even know. Um, he I, might be lazy. He was a fucking asshole when I covered him. I was disappointed. Like, he was one of those guys we all thought Dan Marino's as good as anybody. Like, he kind of reminded me a little bit of Fouts from what I saw from far. I didn't know Fouts as a player. I mean, we've mm. had him on the show, but I didn't know him yeah. as a player. Meaning that he was so good and so accurate. But I remember I went to a uh, Dolphins Charger game, mm-hmm. went and interviewed Brian Cox first. Okay. And then I went to Dan Marino. And, and I asked a question, and he said, I already answered that question. Where were you? I said, I was talking to Brian Cox. He goes, I'm the star of this team. You, you come to me first every yeah, time. get it straight, dipshit. <laughs> they call me dipshit, but I'm I like, damn, it. dude. You called, him, you called himself, and he was. I guess he was the star of the team. I should have told Brian Cox what he said. <laughs> hey, Brian, he said he's the star of the team. I fucked up by going to you first. Just made a big <laughs> Can scene. Can you imagine? Um, I had a, somebody that worked in CBS and I think I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, but I thought that was the knock against him. Wow. I, I mean, those shows, man. You gotta do a lot of prep on that. I yeah. could be. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna vouch for that. But I thought that's what I heard. The knock was. I thought that's what Marino. producers are for when you're in TV. That they do everything for you. Yeah, probably. That's what Via Lobos does. <laughs> does everything for Kraska. All right. So over the weekend, one of the things we do. When we go for a road trip is, dude, Spotify is unbelievable. I mean, I'm so late to the game on so many things, right? Like, yeah. Like, I'm not lying. Up until a year ago, shit, my name, yeah, about a year ago, we were just buying music on iTunes and burning CDs and doing all this stupid shit. It's the dumbest thing ever. Like, I look back, like, what the fuck am I doing? Just <laughs> subscribe to Spotify and make a playlist and yeah. you're fine. And uh, so it's fun. So my my kids and I do it. We we just put together random, different songs, all genres, all different things. But I gave them two old school country songs. Okay. Okay. And these are the songs where you go, like this is why I always give you shit about Luke Bryan because yeah. I'm like, dude, this guy's just shit. <laughs> We're listening to two songs, and I go, these goddamn songs are so wild. Like, just emotion and immediate yeah. connection. They're old school. I'm going to ask you about two of them. The first one, Willie Nelson, Always On My Mind. It's on my playlist. That's amazing. Did he write that? I think he did. Okay. And the other one that is just, like, where you go, whoa, George Jones, he stopped loving her today. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Where the song is... A friend singing about his friend who stopped loving her because he's dead. Yeah. And you just listen to that. And you go, God damn. I love those videos. You can find them on YouTube. There's like the two twin brothers and they're about 15. Yeah. And they listen to different songs and they film themselves <laughs> reacting. It is great. They're so goddamn funny listening to George Jones. He stopped loving her today. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, they're so funny. These guys are like, I, oh, man, they're all into I, it. I saw those guys listen to. In, in, in the air tonight? Yeah, that was with the, the drum one. solo? Yeah, were they yeah. freaked out? That was great. Those two dudes are great. But if you go, Dave, with those two songs, I we were just saying, like, people have bad days. Yeah. Well, bad day, your ability, and I said, uh, I go, no radio guy could ever sing that. Yeah. Because no radio guy will ever love a woman more than they love themselves. That's true. Ever. That's true. The radio version would be, I stopped loving me today. <laughs> See, Steve Woods. Uh, yeah, I told them, I'm like, hey, man, your mom's cool, but I'm fucking, you know, yeah. shit. 
shit moves on. They're yeah. like, what? Oh, my God. That's I'm like, the- train keeps moving, man. Oh, my God. Either she's on it or she's not. What are you going to do? do you- but- Go ahead. Finish what you're saying. But I was just going to say, when you hear two old school songs like that, that's where you go, God dang. Those will uh, rattle you a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, a- absolutely. There's a song. I'm trying to think of the name of it. I'm looking at my, uh, my playlist now, but I got, so many, I got 600 songs on this thing right now. It's, oh, uh, shit. No, like just that. in this one group. I have like, God dang, like 5,000 songs. Um, but it's one song, and it talks about the guy dying and about giving tips to the next guy that's going to love her. What? Yeah. About, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild, man. It, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I, again, I never got in, even though I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, and country music was everywhere. I wasn't really a country music fan. I became a country music fan when my kid went to the University of Alabama. and, and You liked and, it before that, though? No, not really. I, I really wasn't. Um, but that's when I started, like, like pulling songs aside and making playlists and all that shit. But um, it's kind of kind of funny how it, how it gets to that camp on the fucking song. I, anyway, I, do you have a favorite song? I, was, I have three favorite mm. songs I realized that I, if you ask me, what are your three favorite songs? These are by far my three favorite songs. Do you have a favorite song? Uh... I got I got at least two. I would say Everlong by the Foo Fighters. Yeah, that's a great song. Uh, well, I could probably do three. I could do Everlong by the Foo Fighters. I could do Numb by Linkin Park. And I could do uh, Gimme Shelter by the Stones. Well, those are good songs. Those three right there I, I could live with. I think my, my, my three favorites are Hotel California. Yeah. By the Eagles. Love that song. I love uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. And uh, I, I love September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, I'll tell you. You know what's a really underrated song? You mentioned September. We, I put this on the playlist too. I'm glad you mentioned that. Go back and listen to "Easy" by the Commodores. It's a great song. Where I love everything Commodores. Like I hadn't listened to that song in so long, and that just showed up the other day. Um, that one. And yeah. uh, and there's a great um, I'll be I'll be around by the Spinners. It's a good song. Another old school R and B, like I'll be around easy. Yeah, you know, ain't no love in the heart of the city by Bobby uh, Bland, is fucking great. Um, all those kind of things. I like old school R and B. I I was saying to my sons, probably one of my favorite singers. Although I don't know that I can narrow it down to one song. Uh, was Luther Vandross, who yeah. I saw a couple of different times. But remember his health issues. He was big and small, big and small, and then eventually strokes, whether or not they were related, who has any idea. But uh, he was good. But I, I think if um, if I had to pick three, I would go with Numb from Linkin Park. I would take Everlong by the Foo Fighters, and I'll take Gimme Shelter by the Stones. Oh, that's interesting. And then uh, Rick Astley, obviously. At Chris <laughs> uh, <laughs> the reason I like... Uh, September was Rita yeah. went into labor with Josh on September oh. 21st. And then, of course, he was born on the 22nd, but it's, yeah. the song says the 21st of September. Oh, dude, that's so great. The song is, uh, by the way, the one I was just talking about, it's Don't Let Her by Walker Hayes. And he talks about don't, don't watch The Office without her. Her face, she likes to eat at home more than going to restaurants. He's trying to give you all the tips that will make her Who happy. Who writes that dude, shit? It's, it's crazy. The, uh, the final thing of the night is, because we're back tomorrow, is I, I said this when we were on Free FM, that when I was a kid, they'd play this creepy song on the radio, and it was like, things get a little easier once you understand, and it was about this family, and there would be like this family arguing, you're going to get your act together. And then at the end, there's a, 
hello, and hello, we're the police, and your kid's been killed, and the family starts crying. It just freaked me yeah, out. Yeah, I remember And that. then somebody sent me the link because it's on YouTube. It's like the dumbest song ever. <laughs> like, honestly, like the stupidest song ever. Do you remember those songs real quick? Do you remember like when they would do the Jaws songs? Yes. And it would be like, we're live here at the beach, and we're interviewing the shark, and then they'd like put in all the song clips of... Yes. Um, Big Girls Don't Cry and all these different things. We just laugh and laugh. Now you hear those songs back. You're like, that's a shit. Dude, the, the Star Wars soundtrack was shit. You know? Complete. <laughs> People used to buy that shit. Complete Why shit. Why would you listen to music from the Star Wars bar? Yeah. What the fuck's fuck. wrong with you? Why would you date the chicks from there? Oh that's a god. question I still ask myself. Oh, my God. Hey, on a, on a, another note, one touch real quick is our good friend Vera. We oh, make fun of her man. all the time. I was really bummed out. I wasn't here when I was. I was actually. Um, I, I was doing something away from home. Josh texts me. He goes, "Hey, yeah. Vera's dad died." Yep. And um, Vera, we of course has been a huge part of the show for t- almost twenty five years. And um, if you know Vera, number one, she, she lived with her dad. Her dad was yeah. ninety nine years old. Ninety. Ni- no, ninety nine. I thought she said just ninety. No. She fucked up typing. She can't see. 99 years old, dude. I was like, how old is she? Dude, that's what I thought. I thought Vera was 99. And I'm like, what the fuck? So, but honestly, I don't know about you. And I wrote her today and said, I did too. Good. I said, are you doing okay? And she she was great. First thing through my mind went through, where are you going to live? Like, I was like, is Vera okay yeah. to live on her own? I, was, I felt terrible because she's been a huge supporter of this show. We give her a lot of shit. She's so great. But, um, but, but it felt terrible for Vera and, uh, you know, think about her. It's, uh, it, it has to be devastating. It, uh, it was funny. I've resisted it forever. And yesterday I caved in and I added her on Facebook. Did you really? Probably made her day. And Dave's right. So she, I first came in contact with her when I was producing for Hank and Kevin. Yeah. Hey, is Vera? <laughs> and, uh, ah, this is great. Hank and Kevin had no idea what to do with her. But I had talked to her and dealt with her for years. Yeah. And then with our show, I would just all the time at the end, Vera, beat it. And then, of course, because Costa can't do anything that's not, <laughs> you know, complete direct fucking ripoff from me or this show. Him and Wilson tried to do, and it was a disaster. And anybody else that put her on, it was a disaster. But she would come out to different remotes, and she is just so sweet and so tolerant of how I would tease her nonstop. But she loved her family. And the funniest thing she would always say about her dad, we'd always ask her about her family on the show. There'd always be something going on with her dad, but my favorite thing that I would ask her about is she used to tell us that her niece had a foul mouth. Yes. And I'd say, how's that niece of yours doing? How's she doing? She's naughty. Or she'd have something. I don't remember if that was the exact word. But Vera was not happy about her niece's foul mouth. And I would bring it up repeatedly just because, to me, it was the funniest thing. But she loved her family. And, and I... I know we all do, but in that group, that was tight. It was crazy to me seeing her family picture. They all look alike. Yes. It felt like the Flow commercial yeah, from Progressive right. That's funny where shit. the whole family were like, that's just Vera playing every role. <laughs> um, but I just, it just made me so bummed out to see that. And, and 99, 
And people go, well, he lived a full life. Well, yeah, but the thing is um, that that he's been there for all of Vera's life, and today he's not. Yeah. And for our friend, I'm really, really sorry, Dave. I'm glad you mentioned it because she does. She means the world to us, and uh, we've been through a lot of loss on this show. We get it, and uh, I'm sorry, and Godspeed to Vera's dad. Absolutely. As Jeff mentioned just for a second ago, we will be back tomorrow. So if you're listening right now, make sure you look for it tomorrow for a brand-new show as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Mm-hmm.